This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 679. Coming up tomorrow morning, I talk to Reply.io CEO Oleg Campbell. He tells us how to start a SaaS company with very little in savings. Good morning, everybody. My guest this morning is Rob Emmerich. He's a serial entrepreneur currently involved in his latest venture as the founder and CEO of The Mobile Majority. He's founded and served as chief executive of six startups and social ventures, including Road of Life, which distributed a $70 million curriculum, Bulk, which was acquired by DealYard in 2011, and Boundaryless Brands, which was acquired in 2011, along with SpeakerSite. Uh, we'll link up to his show notes uh, to his uh, site directly at robemerch.com. In the meantime, Rob, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure. All right. So you, you, you're juggling kind of a bunch of, uh, or you have juggled a bunch of different stuff. Let's, uh, let's just start with the mobile majority. So what does it do and what's the, what's the business model? How does it generate revenue? Sure. So um, we actually just bought a company that was spun out of Qualcomm called Gimbal. And by the, I'm, I don't know when this podcast comes out, but by the time uh, it does, I'm assuming that we will have finished that um, branding merger. And, uh, and so we'll be going by the trade name Gimbal. G-I-M-B-A-L. Yeah, and this will be coming out. People are listening to this on June 3rd. That's what today yeah. is. We're recording it, obviously, way earlier. So, Rob, you're changing the whole name. It'll be called Gimbal. Yeah, so um, we are going to be taking on the name of the company we acquired for a variety of reasons. Most uh, Probably most fun because that they, they have the .com and we, we go with the .co. Is this so, Gimbal.com, G-I-M-B-A-L? Yes. Okay, yeah. so walk me through this. Why buy this business? What do you like about it? Sure. So, um, you know, I'm of the belief that really what drives success in online marketing is data, um, specifically about people and about their, their intention, right? So online, that is, it's been pretty well executed with cookies. Um, so wherever you visit online, if you're shopping online, um, there is um, a way to attribute spend to target specific people, target specific people that do something online based on their online behavior, and then attribute your spend to that person, um, whatever their actions are. And my previous companies that you mentioned were all, most of them were in the e-commerce space. Um, the fact is that more than 90% of all commerce still takes place offline. And there's not really a good way to do attribution um, for offline. Cookies don't and, work. Yeah, well, I mean, you're like when you go into Walmart, you're not using a browser, right? So the mobile phone ends up becoming sort of this bridge between the offline world and the online world. Um, but we're missing an incredible amount of data for both targeting as well as for attribution. And at the end of the day, you know, I think online marketers are geniuses and um, those same tools don't exist to do the same thing offline. And so there's no way to know, for instance, you know, if a, a large auto uh, advertiser um, is spending money to try to get people into either a local dealership or a national campaign, how effective was it? 
And so generally the way that they, they measure those type of things is by mid-funnel engagement. They'll say something to the effect of, you know, um, not just how many people saw it, because there's a big problem with viewability still, but how many people actually clicked? And then they're getting smarter so that they're saying, um, how many people tried to locate a dealer? How many people built a car in the, in the mobile app or whatever the, the, the medium was? Um, and so that's as far as you can get right now as a large brand advertiser is an intermediate step um, with the technology that we bought and the data that comes with it. And we really bought it for the data. Um, it, we're able to now say for every campaign that we've run, this is how many people that saw an ad that ended up on a car lot and they were on a car lot for an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we're able to calculate things like dwell time. And did somebody take a, a um, you know, a test drive? Did they visit two or three other dealerships in the course of the next two weeks? And so offline behavior ends up being an incredibly strong signal of intent. And it also ends up being a very accurate way to measure uh, attribution. Rob, just to be clear, the way that te- technically the way you're doing this is with beacons, I imagine, right? That's what Gimbal uses? Right. So... Um, these are. This is an example of, of one of the beacons that we manufacture. Got it. And guys, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you want to go check it out on YouTube. But Rob's holding up one of those beacons so you can see what it looks like. Yeah. So um, beacons are, they use Bluetooth low energy. And Qualcomm, uh, you know, I believe that they had invested around over $100 million in this technology of, of, of um, basically ultra low battery consumption for... Um, uh, a mobile SDK and also the hardware and the firmware that runs off of these beacons. But the only thing that beacons do that GPS doesn't is that they are incredibly precise, right? So when we're working with GPS to understand the location of a device, it can be accurate 10 meters, to 15 meters, something like that. With a beacon, it can get down to a centimeter, right? So depends on the use case. If you're in a retail environment and you want to understand, for instance, the grocery store, if you have somebody that you were able to successfully drive to Sprouts Market, but are they actually going into the produce aisle? Like, was that particular ad effective um, or message effective? Um, that's where beacons become very important. Makes sense. And Rob, when, when you look at the gimbal deal, I mean, uh, I mean, and obviously it was a Qualcomm, was this like a subsidiary they were looking to offload? And if so, like, how'd you get the deal? And what, I mean, what'd you pay for it? How'd you value it? Right. So Qualcomm spun out gimbal and I believe four other companies in 2014 as a larger, um, effort to sort of develop a culture of innovation in Southern California. Um, again, you know, I, I, I don't work at Qualcomm, so this is sort of what I understand from my interaction. Um, and obviously that is you know, one of the most incredible success stories that there is in our country about a technology company growing. Sure. Qualcomm, that is. Um, so they're a very research-driven culture. Um, and when they spun out uh, the enterprise in 2014, um, I think it was it's a challenge for big companies to innovate, right? It's a big, big challenge for, for big companies to innovate. Um, and they do that very successfully. I think it, it becomes harder as you get along that commercialization curve. Um, so, you know, many times they'll have a piece of IP, like, you know, something that they built that they know has a commercial application, 
but it's not necessarily in the DNA of a big company to make, um, to commercialize it well. Yeah. Right? They don't have that hustle. Yeah. In Rob, real quick, I, I don't want to run out of time on this because we only have 15 minutes. I want to talk more about your beginning story as well. Can you just tell me how you valued the asset? I mean, how did you look at the valuation? Sure. Um, you know, in a sale, the only thing that matters is how much one party is willing to pay to the other. And so that was it. You know, we, it was a market bid and we were bidding against some very large companies. Um, there were financial considerations, non-financial considerations. Mm. It was a complicated deal. Did you do it uh, in terms of, don't tell me the deal size, but in terms of structure, I mean, was it all cash or did Qualcomm get equity in, in the majority or what? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of those different things. Okay, so, so it was a mix. Yeah, cash, debt, um, equity. You got creative. Very creative. That's good. Now, total funding from the mobile majority, what, around 10 million bucks? Um, I think we've raised around 25 million, right? Oh, 25 million. Great. And uh, when did you launch the company? Um, I, right after I sold my last companies in 2011, I started working on this. We really didn't start actually operating until the beginning of 2012. And how did you decide? I mean, you had success as a founder already. You had an exit. I Now, true or false, you were totally financially set after your first exits, right? Or were you, were you still trying to create a business to generate some capital so you were like, you know, paying your rent every month? Um, you know, I thought I was set for the rest of my life. And then I moved <laughs> to California. And yeah. California is a little bit more expensive than Ohio. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, and then life happens and then, but, um, wait, Rob, what happened? You squinched your eyebrows when you said life happens. What happened? I mean, personal stuff. I went through a divorce, um, things like that. Right. So like the rest of life happens outside of like being unifocused on building whatever business you're, you're building at the time. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I did well enough from it and, and that I'm, I'm going big at this point. You've right? got your base and you're ready to go for the grand slam, right? Yeah. You can risk it all. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's something life is short, right? Yep. So, How old are you? I'm 37. Okay. 37. And any kids? No, no kids. So 37, no kids. You've got your team. You launched this. You said back in, after you sold your other companies in 2014. So it's about three years old. 2012. Oh, 2012. Okay. So about five years old. And what's the team size currently? Um, we're right around 100. By the way, you guys got to go look at these guys. This guy's team pictures on the website. Talk about good looking team. Maybe it's just an L.A. thing. It's like, <laughs> holy mackerel. It's like, you know, the, the top Tinder profiles in L.A. are all working at the mobile majority. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I mean, people say you've got to hire uh, uh, where, what you're not good at, right? So. <laughs> That was a good one. I think you're a good looking guy, Rob. I think you're rocking it out, man. All right. So so take me back to we understand Gimbal now. We understand the company. Five, six years old. You raised 25 million bucks. You're, you, we understand team size. How do you guys make money before Gimbal? How's the mobile majority make money? So the, our primary line of business still to this day is essentially acting as like um, a media and advertising operating system for really large media companies. So um, CBS uses our product. Um, uh, U.S. Postal Service uses our product. When somebody submits a direct mail campaign, um, we're able to target individual people. That's sort of our big differentiator is that we can associate, we understand identity very, very well. So if there's a list of people that you want to target through a direct mail campaign, we can syndicate that through mobile. 
Um, that same thing applies when you're dealing with like a big media company that has an like a, a very interesting asset in terms of identity, similar mm -hmm. to Facebook, um, but it's very small and they have a very small amount uh, of time on their owned and operated sites. So CBS, like I think a lot of the people that are listening to your podcast, maybe they're in the content world. As, the, as media companies get bigger, they start to encounter different problems, right? So CBS has a much different problem um, than, you know, an e-commerce site or a small uh, a blog. They, once, once you have massive scale um, and you're dealing with larger advertisers, they want to get hyper-targeted. They don't want to just buy content, essentially. Yep. They want yep. to buy audience. And when, when a company wants to buy audience, um, even the largest media companies like a CBS or an NBC or Disney or, or firms like that, they don't have enough of the exact people that that brand advertiser wants to see or hit. And so they need to go off of their owned and operated properties. And that's where they begin to use our full suite of technology. And how do they pay you? Is it a percentage of spend? Um, yeah, it's a revenue share, actually. Oh, interesting. Since you have direct attribution, you can say, you know what? We'll put our money where our, mouth, where our mouths are. It's just a revenue um, share. Well, it's a revenue share. So they go out and they sell to uh, large brand advertisers or local advertisers. So let's say in the case of CBS, they're selling to a local car dealership or they are selling to, uh, you know, a, a pizza franchise. Wait, I don't understand uh, that, Rob. Sorry. CBS selling to selling what to a pizza franchise? CBS. Oh, CBS. Oh, got it. A, a media company. Yeah. Disney. CBS. Yeah, okay. Media company. Right. So they go and they continue to do what they've always done, which is create content. That content generates user data. And then we help them essentially expose more user data and then sell uh, sell off of their owned and operated properties. To, to the pizza guy. Exactly. Interesting. So the revenue that you're taking a percentage of is the the ad spend you're putting through their platform because you understand their data set more and you expose it to more potential advertisers. Uh, right. Well, they, right. It goes through our platform in that case, and we get we get a, a portion of the of the revenue. Understood. And uh, and you're unique in that you're doing really like mobile attribution, right? Versus like an outbrain, which is only really doing kind of cookie based online stuff. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to think about it. I think the other way that we're different than outbrain or or something like that is, um, outbrain. It's it's really all around the targeting and attribution. So you're going to be exposed to a ton of different outbrain ads, like at the bottom, like find this one neat trick or whatever it might be. Yep. It's not necessarily targeted towards you as a person. Um, basically, I mean, with outbrain, maybe they're using cookies, right? Yep. But they have no idea what you're doing outside of that specific browser environment. And give us a sense real quick of size. So how many total uh, uh, media companies are you working with to date, 2017? So we've had now over 10,000 end advertisers, whether they've been, uh, whether we have sold to them directly or whether one of our partners have sold to them. And that can range from Ford um, to like literally a, a, you know, a very small $100 campaign of a, I don't know, a barber trying yeah. to get somebody into the store. This is, a mom and, this is a mom and pop donut shop in Blacksburg, Virginia, or Ford who uses you across all their dealerships using your local data. Okay, so 10,000 10, you said? Yeah, we've had 10,000 end customers. And how, and how many, you can give us a sense kind of in 2016, total, uh, I guess, uh, 
advertising purchase through your platform across those 10,000 folks? Yeah, so we're in the, um, I'm trying to think of, 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 the, of how to describe the range. Sure. Between, between uh, 10 million and 100 million. Okay, and what do you, on average, I assume it's different based off, uh, you know, size of campaign. On average, what are you taking in terms of percentage? Um, it really, it, it ranges. You know, for us, the reason people work with us is because the advertising is far more effective. And so the thesis is sort of, um, if we don't ever charge on a cost per action, um, we charge on a cost per, per thousand impressions yep. and, um, you know, we end up being around the same price as any other form. It's just way, way, way more effective. So like, um, what is that though? Cause that varies. I mean, are you talking like a 20 cent CPM or like a $5 CPM or like a, like a brand CPM. So it really depends on, on the size of the ad it depends on where it's being put. Um, you know, more like the, the five to $15 range, 20, it depends on, it really, there's a lot of factors, but the most critical part is that instead of, of charging based on, um, the content like oh, ESPN is worth seven bucks or, yep. or whatever it is, the, the CPM, the right. We charge we only hit the specific people who are on a list, for instance. And so what we end up doing is we have to look at billions of additional impressions that don't meet our criteria to hit a person, right? Um, and then we, we don't bid on them. We look at them, but we don't bid. So we work exclusively within the programmatic advertising market. Like I told you guys at the top of this episode, I have amazing data and you guys know from my interview style, I love data, but what I love more than data is making it actionable via beautiful dashboards that I can view on my phone, on my TVs in my living room, or even on my laptop as I'm traveling. And the company that I use to create these dashboards, which pulls in data from my Libsyn backend, my Google Analytics backend, Salesforce, and other data sources is called Clipfolio. You can see an example executive dashboard or my social media command center or my web metrics dashboard at nathanlaka.com forward slash analytics. That's nathanlaka.com forward slash analytics. And you can try it there for free for three months. It's Clipfolio. You can try it free for three months. Everybody else has to pay. So you get it free for three months. Alan's a good friend. He's the CEO of the company. He came on the show. I said, I love your product. Can I feature it? So NathanLacka.com forward slash analytics. Go check it out now. All right, Rob, good stuff. Obviously, you're going through the acquisition right now to, to round that out. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Mm. Um, I, I, lo I love the book, The Goal. The Goal, who, do you know who writes it? Or who wrote it? I can't remember his name right now. It's uh, That's okay. An it's a... The goal. The goal. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? No, not really. Number three, uh, what's your, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool like HostGator? Um, favorite online tool. Um, I, I'm really digging Spark, uh, the, the email client right now on that. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I try to get eight hours a night. That's pretty good. Okay. And current situation, uh, married, single. You said you had no kids, uh, not married, right? Correct. Okay. And what, how old are you? 37. Okay. So, yep. Yeah, sorry. You mentioned that. So take us back uh, 17 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Have fun.
<laughs> as he as he says with a smile on his face there you guys have it from rob he's had a lot of success sold his last kind of wave of companies in 2012 then chumped up and started the mobile majority just right now going through an acquisition of a qualcomm spinoff called gimbal which they'll be known as going forward the way they make their money is by charging a percentage of ad spend that, that goes through their platform uh, and they're selling again space on behalf of the large networks cbs disney many many other folks and it's really more effective advertising specifically when it comes to mobile attribution and mobile checkout so rob thank you so much for taking us to the top great thank you if you enjoyed Rob today, go back and listen to Alessandro yesterday, especially if you're a creative who needs more work. His company, Zupa, has raised $8 million and has given $4 million plus in creative projects to creative people to fulfill. It would mean the world to me if you guys got any value from this episode, if you would go leave a review on iTunes right now and then subscribe. You know, I hustle like heck to get these episodes out every freaking day for you guys. And trust me, I love it. I would do it with no listeners. But boy, oh boy, it makes my day and it makes my team's day when we see great reviews and get your feedback. So thanks so much. Okay, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cards and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan.